Welcome in to the Superflex Super Show, our live show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are watching us live, feel free to make your comments. We are uh, we're here for you. We are here for you, the people. We're going to be talking uh, about the quarterback apocalypse that is going on right now, and it's it's a mess. We're also going to be answering some questions that we got over on the at Superflex Super Show Twitter handle um, that people kind of tagged us in. So we'll be addressing that stuff too. But before we do, I want to let everyone know about one of the other great podcasts on the DLF family of podcasts. That is the Read and React IDP podcast. Dynasty veterans Adam Sticky Zykus and Tom Kisslingbury guide you through the world of IDP fantasy football leagues with analysis for both beginner and veteran IDP enthusiasts. You'll be sure to find something useful and interesting every episode. You can find the Read and React IDP podcast on the uh, DLF family of podcasts. You can go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com to find that, or you can find that on Podbean and uh, Stitcher as well, as well as um, uh, any of your Apple products. You can find that on Apple Podcasts as well. So, guys, let's, uh, let's get into the quarterbacks here. Um, I think that's the big the big thing that I, I at least want to uh, want to address is the quarterbacks. Um, so we've got uh, all, all sorts of, uh, I, I mean, let, let's just address the injuries real quick. The injuries, I mean, Nick Foles goes down and then, you know, we have Big Ben going down. Drew Brees goes down. Cam Newton might be injured. Now we have Eli Manning. Looks like he's replaced. Ryan Fitzpatrick could be. Andrew Luck retired early in the year. Uh, early in the offseason, we've got guys like Gardner Minshew, Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, Kyle Allen, Daniel Jones, possibly Josh Rosen, and maybe even Dwayne Haskins, who might have some value either now or later in the year. Guys, what do we make of the quarterback situation? Is there an injury that looms bigger for you guys than some of the other ones? Or um, how do you approach quarterback at this point if you had one of these guys that was hurt? I was waiting for you to get a lot more excited about announcing Eli Manning being replaced by Daniel Jones. You, you disappointed me a little bit. I am so I, – I'm, <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic. And when Daniel Jones tears apart Tampa Bay's defense, you, you, I'm going to be insufferable on Twitter. Insufferable. All right. All so right. I would, I, I would love that. I would be calling out Bobby uh, all day for that stuff. The, the, the real DJ, if you will. Um, so I think you, you have to look at it this way. You have to look at it on who has value now and who has future value. Right. So I think, I think really the one that has the most value probably overall is Daniel Jones, obviously, because, and I, I, I think we, we all expected this, right. We all expected, um, we all expected Daniel Jones to take over this role, uh, this year, um, Maybe not this soon, but they drafted him as a six-round pick. Uh, he's going to be the starter for at least a couple years unless he flops, but I, I would imagine they give him at least a couple years. So not only is he starting now, not only is he a starting quarterback now, but he's a, he's the starter in the future. I, you can't really say that for anybody but Dwayne Haskins on this list, right? So I would say that Daniel Jones is probably the most valuable of the – of the guys you named over just overall, both in a redraft and a dynasty perspective. Now he might not be the most valuable in redraft right now because of the weapons around him. And to me, that's, that's between honestly, it, it probably Mason Rudolph at this point for me. Um, 
I mean, we could we could count Brissett if we want, but we we know Brissett's the starter probably for the season. I I do like Chad Kelly a lot. We'll see what happens. I believe he's back from his two two uh, game suspension this week. Um, Dwayne Haskins. We'll see when he steps in. But Mason Rudolph, either Mason Rudolph or Teddy Bridgewater have the best skill positions around them. Um, Mason Rudolph, obviously having Juju, Connor, uh, Vance McDonald. We'll see what James Washington is in the NFL, but now that he has Mason Rudolph thrown to him, he might be a lot better. Uh, we probably should not even come close to mentioning Dante Moncrief after he missed the ball that hit him right in the face and it caused an interception. Um, Dante Moncrief is dead for dead. (laughs) (laughs) As a Steelers fan, he's dead to me. There you go. And then. Oh, they cut they cut Chad Kelly today, huh? Jacoby Brissett is the one. Okay. I didn't know. Well, that. okay. On this <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. There's no we just found that out literally this second. Um, but yeah, but and then Bridgewater, you have uh, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Um I mean Jared Cook has been a disappointment. Uh and Trey Quinn Trey Quan Smith has had his flashes, but I don't think you can really trust him. So of those two, I think it's probably Mason Rudolph and then Daniel Jones. Um, but I think Daniel Jones right now has the most value going forward. Yeah, I totally agree from a dynasty perspective. Uh, I think Daniel Jones has the most value right this second, just because we know that he's locked in to be the starter for at least hopefully the rest of this year, unless they start playing a game with, with him and Eli, which I don't think is the case. I think that they're deciding – it's time. It's time for Eli to be done. Um, maybe they keep him on the team just as a mentor, uh, but he, he looks washed to me. Um, Mason Rudolph uh, is the, the the second one I think that has the longest term value uh, because he could hit. We don't know yet what Mason Rudolph could be. You don't have to like him as a prospect, but he does have James Conner. He does have Juju. Um, he has his number one wide receiver from college and James Washington. So uh, Rudolph, uh, has, and a decent O-line, not as good as it has been in years past, but a decent O-line, um, Rudolph to me, because of big Ben's injury being his throwing elbow, I think if Rudolph plays even semi well, uh, the conversation needs to be had next year for the Steelers on, even if big Ben is ready to come back, uh, is it the best thing for the team? You know, if the if they end up turning this ship around, which doesn't look promising, as a Steelers fan, I'm a little concerned. Uh, they, if they turn it around with Mason Rudolph, is it time to see what he's got? Um, I think that Garner Mishu is a cool story. I hope that he continues to uh, be a cool story. I don't think he's actually uh, the the answer at quarterback. I think Jacoby Brissett, because he's gotten the extension. Um, could be a value for the next year or two. Uh, he's a guy that if you had lost one of these big names, a Breeze, a Ben, um, this season, I think he would be a guy that I'm a, trying to acquire in Dynasty as a QB2 just because he's shown that they have shown that they want him to be the starter, and I think he gives you a little bit of rushing upside as well. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, he goes uh, – if to me – He's shown that what he is already. I don't see a ton of uh, upside with him outside of he's on the Saints offense. So hopefully he becomes a thing, but I, I just don't. I'm, I'm not really buying long term value with him. Kyle Allen is a, as soon as Cam is not hurt, which last week I said I thought his foot was still messed up based on how he wasn't rushing. His foot is still messed up, so he's dealing with an injury. 
uh, I, I think that's how I kind of break it all down. Dwayne Haskins is the other one that I think we know is going to be the starter at some point. The question is when. Let me ask you guys a question because um, I, I found this odd. Today, we heard that Sean Payton refused to name Teddy Bridgewater the starter. Um, is Do we make anything out of that? Is that just you know him kind of playing games or – or do we expect Taysom Hill to get some snaps there? Is this going to be kind of a, uh, you know, what what do we expect? I, I'm I'm just curious because I don't I don't really know when it comes to Sean Payton how much I trust what he says, and I don't know how much I trust. I I, I mean, with with his game planning, I mean, I don't I don't know if I could trust Teddy Bridgewater next week. What What do you guys think? I mean, the only way you play you play. Taysom Hill a significant amount of snaps as if you are like converting to a college type um, RPO triple option wish, but whatever you want to call it college offense. Like you can't trust him to drop back and pass 25, 30, 35 times a game. He's just not that player. He's not, he doesn't, he's not a good quarterback. Um, But could you see them doing some weird college thing where they're like switching out, um, every other possession or whatever. Sure. I just don't, I, I'm not taking anything from it. I think that Taysom Hill's going to be a gadget player still like he was with Drew Brees. He just might get more snaps and they might play more wildcats or uh, RPO. Yeah, I agree. I think that they paid Teddy this off season. They could have let him go if they wanted Taysom to be the starter. Uh, they could have just let Teddy go, but instead they paid him to come back. And I think that that, that, that to me tells me everything I need to know. I think they, that Bridgewater is going to be the starter. I think that Taysom's role doesn't really change a whole lot. Maybe he gets a few more snaps at quarterback, but have we ever, I don't know if I've ever seen Taysom Hill actually throw a pass in a saints game. So I don't know if they're, I don't, I don't know if I don't wouldn't expect them to put him in there as a quarterback just because we haven't seen them use him in that way. And I did look it up. Uh, Chad Kelly did get waived today after his suspension was was up. And I, I don't understand it, but uh, I guess that's what the Colts decided. So maybe there's something we don't know yet. Well, I think I think real quick with that, the writing was kind of on the wall, in my opinion, only because when they went out and they signed Brian Hoyer, they didn't give him. I mean, that, that wasn't a, tr- a guy who they thought was going to be a backup quarterback for a couple weeks until Kelly was back. I mean, they paid him pretty well. Um, so I, I kind of feel like the writing was on the wall, and I, I don't think it's the right move. I think Chad Kelly proved that he was the best quarterback there, but um, it doesn't shock me that it happened. I, I Let me ask you guys this with, with the Taysom Hill situation. Do we – is there any chance that we see – a 50-50 kind of timeshare type thing? Because I, I here's what I'm thinking. I'm almost thinking, what if what if this is run kind of like a college offense? And what if they do bring them in for the for the option or the triple option or whatever they want to run? And they can, you know, they can always, you know, shift him out wide. They can have direct snaps to the running back. They can do things like that to where maybe Teddy Bridgewater isn't on the field as much. Is that a possibility? I'm I'm just curious because I think. I think the usage here is going to be interesting. I think this is the week where we're going to really find out how they're going to use those guys um, when they have a full week to game plan with both of them. And I'm, I'm curious to see if maybe maybe that's, you know, what what kind of time split could you see being a realistic time split? Is it is it more 75-25, 80-20, something like that for you guys? 
here's my issue with giving him more than let's just say 25% of John McGlynn, our fellow co-host is in the uh, comments and suggested 75, 25. But my issue with that is you're taking the ball out of your two best players hands or, or at least have the possibility of taking out of your two best players hands in Alvin Kamara and more importantly, Michael Thomas, because let's be real. I don't think you really trust Taysom Hill to throw the ball all that much. And that basically neutralizes Michael Thomas without making the defense neutralize. So that's my issue with Taysom Hill getting any significant like snaps under center is like, I get it. Let's use him as a gadget player. But the big issue with that is then you, you have the issue of, are you taking it out of Alvin Kamara's hands at that point? So, I have to, and, and mind you, this is assuming rational coaching and this is my own mind, I have to assume that they want to get the ball into Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas's hands. And when you have Taysom Hill in there, you're taking a chance that you are not, you're, you're not giving it to them. And, and Taysom Hill is, is in there to make plays on his own. And I just I don't think that's a, a way the Saints want to or, or will be successful running. Yeah, I agree with everything that Stompy said. I just don't. I don't see them. Seventy-five, uh, twenty-five is like max. I'd be surprised if we see uh, Hill in uh, in for twenty-five percent of the plays. Um, I would say that the one thing that I could see them getting a little tricky with him is in the red zone. Uh, I would like to see him throwing more if that is going to be the case, because every time he he comes off. Every time he comes onto the field, the ball goes to him. I mean, I don't think defenses are really being tricked at this point uh, with him. Uh, every time he touches the ball, he's either running it or he's splitting out and catching passes now, apparently. So I, I think to me, that I think they like Taysom Hill. I think that he is uh, part of their plan going forward at quarterback in some way, shape, or form, but I don't think that he's going to be a full-time starter. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I could definitely see if the gadget plays are working early, that timeshare increasing. Um, and I know, I, to your point, Stompy, I don't know that that this is a that would be a bad thing for Kamara. Um, I think being able to run a read option or being able to run a double or triple option type thing could could be good for Kamara. It could could actually um, work in his favor. Uh, I do think it would it would probably be you know spell spell the end of Michael Thomas putting up wide receiver one numbers. Uh, you know, consistently. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely something I, I kind of want to monitor moving forward. Um, it's just his usage. And just to see, you know, if Teddy Bridgewater struggles, you know, maybe that usage goes up. I don't know. I think, I think this week is going to be interesting to see how they use those guys, but let's, let's move on to some of the other guys. Um, one of the guys I really want to talk about is my guy, Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Jones really tore it up in the preseason. I think a lot of people uh, were kind of caught off guard with how good that he looked um, early uh, right away in that system. And, you know, now it, it, it almost comes to because they had Dallas and then, you know, last week, I mean, you know, we, we kind of saw what happened, you know, you know, they was at 28 to 14 at the end. And I mean, many uh, pass catchers, you know, healthy for that game. So, 
Um, I really want to see what Daniel Jones' first spot for him in the first two weeks would have been. Guys, what do we expect out of Daniel Jones this week and then moving forward? Um, you know, if you have him on your team or you have him on your practice squad, is this somebody that you think you can rely on in a super flex league as a QB2? I, so I think you have to temper expectations a little bit. I mean, he obviously played against second, third team. He, I mean, I'm not taking anything away. I'm trying not to take anything away from him. Uh, but but and he looked great in the preseason. But like I said, second, third team, you gotta get, you gotta give him a little bit. Um, he might struggle at first, especially with um, now he only has Ingram. Is Shepard there? Is he injured still? Uh, he's got a concussion. Um, oh, there you that, go. So, that's so, something that Ethan and I will be talking about because he had that last last week. So, um, yeah, we'll, his, we'll he see. has a history of concussions and migraines. So uh, <laughs> his is a different situation. I talked about on on um, I can't remember which episode last week, but we we split the injury section up, and I talked about that history playing a role in his recovery. So very well could miss another week uh, with that with that concussion because he's had. Uh, the history and the fact that he's dealt with migraines and things in the past, not a good thing when you're talking about concussions. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so basically he has Ingram and Saquon. He does have Benny Fowler, but I, I don't know what's going on with Cody Latimer. Uh, he went out with a leg injury, I believe, last week. Uh, Golden Tate won't be back until week four. So he's going to have a rough go, I think, these first couple of games until he gets all of his playmakers back. And let's be realistic, his his skill, the skill positions around him aren't the most desirable, I suppose. I mean, I like I like um, Sterling Shepard. I, I mean, I think Golden Tate will be fine. I mean, Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley. The dude's a monster. You're not going to affect him. But I just don't. Like I said, temper temper expectations. This the these first couple games could be rough for Daniel Jones, but I mean the New York Giants, I think there's no no going back from this. They have to start him the rest of the year or they're going to look well. Then again, I don't think Dave Gettleman actually cares what they look like, so you never know. Maybe maybe they'll do what they did, what was it, 2 years ago with Geno Smith, uh sit Eli Manning for a game and then realize, well that was a stupid idea and then bring him back in. So uh, I, this, this year might be rough, but I think in, I think you'll be fine as a, I, I don't know if I would trust him as a QB two, but a QB three. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, I think he's a fringe QB two, maybe, um, he did rush a little bit in, in college. So I think that that could, we could see a little bit more of that. We haven't really seen him do mu that much uh, in the, in the preseason. We definitely didn't see him do any using his legs at all. Uh, I think he, he could, we could see him scrambling quite a bit just cause I just don't think he's going to be, uh, he doesn't have the weapons that he would hope to, to throw to, but uh, at this point, I don't think there's getting worse than than Eli Manning. So, whatever you expected for Eli, um, maybe a little bit of bump up from that, and then that's what I kind of expect from from Daniel Jones. I think he's a QB three, uh, but it's going to have some QB two weeks uh, depending on the defense that he's playing. I would not start him this week. I don't like that at all. I don't like it at all. I'm starting. I'm starting Daniel Jones this week, man. I I'm telling you, I I. Uh, 
Look, I, I, I've always been higher on Daniel Jones than, uh, than most. So, so this is uh, no different um, than, than usual, but I, I think it's a good matchup. I know uh, John McLean, our, uh, uh, our co-host is in here saying that the Buccaneers are a sneaky flyer defense this week. And I, I don't know that I love that. I think, I think guys like Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, and if uh, Sterling Shepard can be healthy, is, is enough weapon-wise around Daniel Jones for him to be able to make plays. Well, Eli Manning averaged 285 passing yards those first two weeks. I think this is an easier defense to pass against. Um, so to me, man, I'm, I'm all about Daniel Jones. So um, I'm starting him this week. I expect QB2 numbers this week. And moving forward, like, uh, like Ethan said, I, I, I mean – if you had Eli in there and you were relying on Eli at any point as your QB three, you're going to be fine with Daniel Jones there. Um, you can expect a bump in my opinion. Um, I just think it's going to be a little bit more significant than you guys do. So um, I think QB two moving forward in my opinion, but uh, but I guess we'll kind of see how that one plays out. Um, all right. So let's, let's, let's kind of move on here. We actually had a couple questions and I kind of want to get to one of them here. Um, this is from D money uh, at D money sports 47 says, should I start John Brown versus the Cincinnati Bengals or McCole Hardman versus the Baltimore Ravens? Now, matchup will tell you one thing for sure, but um, man, one offense just doesn't seem like it can be stopped no matter who they play. Um, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts. Who are you guys starting um, out of these two this week? This is really interesting. Um, I like John Brown a lot. I think I actually have him in as a start in one of my in my start set column because of that matchup <laughs> that matchup um they were beat pretty badly by the San Francisco 49ers and i think i've made it very obvious how i feel about Jimmy Garoppolo um but Jimmy Garoppolo looked good against the Cincinnati uh Bengals and then i mean obviously Russell Wilson looked good as well so, um, John Brown, I believe, has had back-to-back games of eight targets. Let me look that up real quick. Every time I look up John Brown, it goes to the abolitionist John Brown instead of <laughs> the football player John Brown. Sorry, he had 10 targets in week one, eight targets in week two. So, he's very obviously the wide receiver one for Buffalo. And I think I've made it very obvious how I feel about Josh Allen as well, but when you're getting eight targets, 10 targets a week, and he's caught, he's had seven receptions in both. I, I think I, I trust his volume. We saw what he could do with Joe Flacco. He moved to another big quarterback and or big arm quarterback in Josh Allen. And if he's going to continue to garner those targets, especially against a secondary like Cincinnati's, I got to stick with John Brown here. I get the. The hesitation with Mecole Hardman, I believe he had a long touchdown last week. He just he got he had another one called back on a penalty, um, so he he very easily could could make a week with one catch. But I would rather trust John Brown this week than I would trust Mecole Hardman, especially against the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think John Brown is the safer of the two options, just from volume perspective. Um, I think that. Uh, while Nicole Hardman was the, the splashy guy, uh, Sammy Watkins led the team in targets uh, again, and De- Demarcus Robinson actually had a pretty good game too. So we're talking about what could possibly be the fourth option. Um, if he doesn't catch that bomb, uh, you know, I think that is he going to get enough volume down the field 
it's one of those things where if he catches it, great. Yeah, you've made it. That's a perfect decision. Um, But if he isn't getting the targets or say the game is well in hand, hopefully it's a shootout. I'm hoping for a shootout. I think it's going to be probably the best game of the week. It's the game that I'm for sure marking on my calendar to watch because of the offenses have just seemed unstoppable these first two weeks. Uh, but to, to me, I would still go with the safer of the two options just because of the, the target variance between the two. I think I think Sammy Watkins is going to bounce back, and I think that Travis Kelsey is going to get his, and then Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman are kind of picking up the scraps from there. If Damian Williams misses, then I might be a little bit more interested in Miko Hardman because that could provide a little bit more value in the passing game. Uh, but uh, again, I don't think you can go wrong with either the decision. I think you're just hoping, you know, you're going to get the targets with Brown. And I think you're hoping that you're going to get the volume with Hardman and you're hoping that he cashes in on it, which is going to be harder to do than it was against Oakland. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think in a, in a vacuum, I'm, I'm agreeing with you guys. It's John Brown. Um, I think like you guys said, it's definitely the safer play. Um, I think if you're if, if you're the underdog though, if, if you're going into this and you really need that upside, I might take a chance on Hardman over Brown just because the upside's there. Um, you know, if I had to pick one of these players that had a better chance of going for 160 yards and two touchdowns, I would say it's probably Hardman. Um, however, if I had to pick a guy who I think you know had having you know, eight receptions for, you know, 89 yards and a score, I would say it's John Brown. So I, I think in a vacuum, I'm taking John Brown just because I think, uh, you know, he's, he's a much safer play, but if I really need to swing for upside, if I'm really behind it, you know, this week, and I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to to make some hay against an opponent that I I'm not favored to beat. And I don't, I don't think I'm going to win against, um, I might take the upside swing. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's definitely uh, you know, that question is interesting um between those two players, but I think matchup-wise, Brown's a safer guy. And also, he's he's been getting a a heck of a lot of that target share. I mean, he is leading that team in targets and it's not close. You know, there's no one really close on that team. Um so, guys, real quick, I'm going to kind of throw throw a question kind of off the board. Um, and I, I just kind of want to see what your guys' thoughts are tomorrow. We got our Thursday night game. Um, we got Jacksonville and, uh, uh, Tennessee. It's not a good game that you're starting in this game. Um, is there anybody that you're looking for? Uh, is there anybody startable? Um, what do, what are you guys looking at in this game? Is there anything that, uh, that you would, you'd be willing to play on either side of the ball here? Mm. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I guess Fournette. Now, maybe not Fournette. Uh, Derek Henry. I apologize. Other, other running back. Um, Jacksonville has not been good stopping the run. Even Carlos Hyde uh, ran the ball against them last week. Which, if anybody has Carlos Hyde, sell now. There's no way he keeps up what he's been doing the first two games. It's just not happening. You but, are a noted Carlos Hyde hater, though. I mean, let's be honest here. Listen, every most people are because he's a jag. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I think Derrick Henry, the way he's looked in the first two games and the way Jacksonville has not been able to stop the run all that well. I mean, LaShawn McCoy ran against them pretty well. Um, I think Derrick Henry's a pretty safe play. 
Um, other than that, I'm just it's it's a really gross matchup. It's two decent defenses. It's going to be really low scoring. I'm just not touching it. All right, Ethan. What about you? Yeah, it's Derrick Henry, and that's that's really it for me. Uh, I don't really trust either of the quarterbacks. Uh, and uh, Thursday night matchups are ugly anyway. I think this is going to be one of those one of those slog fests. You got two pretty good defenses. Um, we'll see if Jalen Ramsey suits up or if he's traded or not. Uh, if, if Ramsey doesn't play, maybe you can you could argue Mariota could be worth a start. But I, I still think that's only if you're no. desperate from the quarterback yeah. apocalypse that we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You might have to be starting Mariota. John McGlynn, um, I see you in the chat. John Hogue, I know you're listening. No, Mariota is no. trash. I'm sorry, uh, but. If you're desperate at court, I would start Mariota over Jones this week. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, never Oda. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the best. You are. are you, that That is sorry, Ethan. That is sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm man, sorry. you're killing we'll, me. Dude, we'll take a bet on it right now. I bet Mariota outscores him this week. Even with oh, the bad. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. All we'll, right. We'll do, we'll All do right. that one. We'll have to think of something that we can uh, – we can bet with uh, that's not monetary because I'm poor. Remember, uh, I went to school yeah, for a long time, yeah. so I'm poor. No, no, um, I, I don't want you. Know, money. Mariota, I, I think Mariota so. could be a, a spot start if you're desperate at quarterback. Um, if he's your third quarterback and you had a Breeze or a Ben or a Cam or a, uh, somebody else that is hurt right now, you've got Sam Darnold sitting on your bench uh, because he has mono. I mean, there's just so many injuries right now with, with the quarterbacks that – there's a lot of teams that are going to be like, yo, I don't have an option but to start Mariota. Like, I don't have a choice. So uh, I think you could do worse than Mariota, but to me the only locked-in starter is Derrick Henry. Start the mustache. Stop dash, huh? Start start our friend Bobby start Koch. St- it, it, <laughs> um, Stompy, let me ask you a question, okay? Luke Falk or Marcus Mariota, who are you starting this week? Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be Mariota because you're talking about a QB three versus oh man QB I'm not listen man listen you can't like there's a line there is a line here about the hatred <laughs> I under I don't like I, I don't like Mariota ooh we have another Mariota uh Mariota person in the chat and uh, J Mike but I I just. I don't like Mariota, but you're talking about a third string option against the New England Patriots. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it. Is it just like a requirement if your name is John that you have to like Mariota? Is that what it is? Because Hogue, McLinn, J. Mike, I mean, what 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 is this? Like all you Johns just like Marcus? I I, I man, this is weird. I I'll get a I, J. Mike. I'll get on your hype train with Minshew because man, Minshew. I I like Minshew and I want him to be a thing. But man, don't don't put that Mariota stuff out there. Listen, man. he almost he almost had that. I'll take Luke Falk. Really, you? I would. All right, I, against New so England, that 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 they're going to be throwing all day. Yeah, I'll take it. It's going to be good. I would just like I'll, you I'll, I'll on behalf it. on the of the Superflex Super Show state that that is the worst take that has it's ever been awful. uttered. And Listen, really, we, really, we do not condone James the Brain and his love for for Luke Falk, the third string quarterback I, for I the Jets like, against arguably the best team in the NFL. I just I, I don't so, like Mariota, but 
to say that a QB three, the third QB who was picked uh-huh. up, picked uh-huh. up last, what is it, just before last week's game mm-hmm. is going to be better than Marcus Mariota. He was like 15 for 20 for almost 200 passing yards last week with no practice. Yeah, I'll take him in a game, a positive game script. I tell you what, I'll tell you what, Stompy, I'll bet you too. How about you take your boy Mariota and I'll I take Luke Ball? You dare. <laughs> yeah. you dare put me into that camp just because I my hatred knows a line. <laughs> Look, it doesn't it doesn't take much to be better than Trevor Simeon. Can we agree with that, Stompy? Hey, it's fine. Take it's it easy Trevor. on okay. Trevor okay. Simeon, okay? It's not his fault his leg exploded. Well, I mean, th- that's I mean, it true. Is, I, I'm, I'm he should throw the ball away, but I, it's also I, I'm, I, I know Stompy got to watch him in Denver an awful lot, an awful Listen, lot more than I, he wanted. I actually thought he had a promising career with Kubiak, and then Mike McCoy, then Kubiak retired, and Mike McCoy yeah. came in and ruined everything. I, I, all right. I, anyways, Ooh. let's let's move on. This Mariota talk is making. <laughs> Please me sick. move on. I can't believe the Mariota talk is making you sick, but the Luke Falk talk isn't getting you. I, I'm it's, telling you, Luke Falk's going to outscore him. You heard it here first. Next week, I, I'll be accepting your guys' apologies when Luke Falk outscores Marcus Mariota. There is. I think I, I, think I found my line win. on the Marcus Mariota hate. Though. It's, it's it's no. Nowhere. It's going to be a nine to six game in that Tennessee Jacksonville game. It's going to be a field goal fest. It's going to be gross. And all Luke Falk's going to have to do is throw one touchdown to Le'Veon Bell in garbage time to outscore him. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not going to be pretty either way, but I, I would take Luke Falk. I, that's just me. But all right. I can't believe that. All right. So let's, guys, let's talk, about, uh, let's talk about Minshew. Can we talk about Minshew? Yes. All right. He let's has, talk about Minshew. That magic in his mustache. What, what do you think? I mean, long term is is this on in in uh, in super flex leagues? You know, until Folds gets back, at least. I I mean, I've I've been kind of developing this, not maybe not theory, but it's like a half-assed thought where he could do like a Matt Flynn type, where he plays himself into a starting role somewhere or into a contract somewhere, um, because I I honestly think if the Jacksonville Jaguars continue to lose, which I think they will. No offense, Jay Mike, no offense, Gabe. I think that they would continue to play uh, Gardner Minshew the entire season. And if he pay, plays well enough, and I know it's kind of contradictory to go, oh, and or, or continue to lose, but play well enough. But if he plays well enough and shows us enough, I could honestly see him playing himself into a starting role somewhere else. Um, now, where is that? I don't know because when you look at the QB situation just around the NFL, like QB is deep right now, and there's not a lot of teams looking for starters. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see him playing well enough, and and he becomes like Matt Flynn, where he gets a contract somewhere and then just doesn't play again. Um, I he's looked so good these first two weeks. Like, so good. Uh, and he almost led a game-winning touchdown. Well, he did lead a game-winning touchdown drive, but then they took the ball out of his hands in the two-point conversion, which was absolutely stupid. And he's he's looked good. Ethan, what do you think, man? Can you, can you I mean, rely on the stash here? 
if the team can can keep Bortles on a football field for as long as they did, uh, they're super content with what Gardner Mishu is doing. Um, I still think that Nick Foles is going to give him a run at the end of the year just because it's it's an injury. It's to his off-throwing off hand, uh, or not off-throwing hand, but it's not his throwing shoulder. So um, I, think, I think there's a good chance that we see him back. The question is, has Minshew proven enough at that point that they say, you know what, Foles, we're, we need to kind of see what we got here with this kid. Uh, at, at the rate they're going, despite him playing well, they're still losing games. And I, I think he's really uh, – I think he's a fun story. I think it's kind of the same same vibe that I got with uh, Fitzpatrick last year where he's really embraced this idea of just being like uh, a, a, a media darling, a guy that does eccentric things that the media is like, yo, this is guy's got some swagger. Let's freaking let's, – let's show him more than what he's – uh, probably producing on the field. Um, but his rushing upside is nice. I mean, I think similar to Bortles, the thing that's going to keep him uh, in in fantasy talk uh, for as long as he's starting is the fact that he is scrambling and he's getting some yards on the ground. You know, I think he had 56 rushing yards last, last week on about six carries. So uh, that's a pretty good clip. And that right there is five fantasy points or five and a half fantasy points. So uh, if that's his floor plus what he's doing throwing, I mean, I think he's definitely in the QB two talk for as long as he's starting, which I think is at least for the next eight weeks. So, you know, I think, I think he's fine. I think it's a good story. Um, is he like the end all be all? Am I like trying to acquire him in dynasty super flex leagues? Not right now. No. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, Ethan. I think, I think he is, uh, he's, he's, I, I think he's good though. I really do like, and, and our friend Bill, uh, super duper flex, uh, here in the, the chat, uh, made a v- very good point is rushing is a positive. And like you said, Ethan, you touched on it, that rushing, you know, his rushing upside really helps, you know, it helps him. Um, as a fantasy asset, if you can rely on 40, 50 rushing yards, you know, you don't need that much, you know, in the passing game to kind of be a, a QB two every week. So um, I like that. I, you know what? I also kind of like his weapons. That was one of the things uh, coming into the season, you know, obviously DD Westbrook was a guy that we all kind of liked, but DJ shark obviously has, has stepped up and, and exceeded expectations that we had for him this year. Chris Conley's another guy that has done that. Um, they just kind of have a committee approach and you know, the wide receivers there are, are actually pretty decent. I mean, I, I kind of like his supporting cast. It's, it's, um, I think he's going to have better matchups moving forward. This one against Tennessee might be tough on a short week too. Um, so I don't know that I love that, but, uh, but I think Minshew, you know, I, I would love to see this guy kind of get, get the year to kind of prove what he can do, you know, and I, it sucks for Foles, but you know, he's, he's a really good backup. He's proven that, you know, he can excel in that role. So I would love it if Minshew kind of took that job and made it his. I, so I have a question for you guys since we're on um, Jacksonville here. Um, I kind of want to talk about these guys requesting trades or holding out or what have you. I mean, we had we, we just saw Minka Fitzpatrick say he wanted a trade and then he got traded to Pittsburgh. We now have Jalen Ramsey uh, requesting a trade. Um, we have Jamal Adams requesting a trade. Where are you at on this? I, I, we, we had an argument on Twitter um, about this, and, and one side is these guys have signed a contract. They need to play out the contract. And on the other side, it's, well, these are players' rights. These are workers. They have every right to strike, every right to want better 
um, working conditions. And I know it's a little bit of an exaggeration too. It's not, not as bad as let's say like the 1800s or early 1900s, but the point still stands is they're in a union. They are, they don't, they have every right to want better working conditions to strike. So where are you guys at on this? I think it's kind of a touchy subject uh, just in general, because I don't think that there's a right answer. I think obviously they have uh, a right to request a trade. I think that it depends on how they go about it. Uh, I thought Jamal Adams was, was pretty subtle with his, I think he had a meeting with the team. Um, who knows what was said in the meeting, but then it came out that he had had the meeting and that he had asked to be traded. Okay. That's a lot better than what Antonio Brown did to get out of his contract. So, uh, obviously we're talking about extremes, um, but I think it is a growing trend, not just in the, the NFL. You're seeing a lot in the NBA guys are saying, you know what? I don't want to play for these teams that suck. You're not, you're not trying to win. You're going to tank. Um, I'm out, you know, I'm, I'm here to win. I don't, uh, I'm not putting my, in, in the NFL, you're putting your body on the line basically to suck. Like, uh, I mean, to, to me, it's, uh, I think it's for them, it's a value. They know they have a shorter career and they realize that if you're tanking, uh, I'm putting my body out there just to lose. And I don't play this game to lose. All, all these guys are hyper competitive. They're used to winning. Most of these guys didn't lose in high school. They didn't lose in college. Uh, they get to the NFL and then the culture around them is basically, hey, we're going to lose uh, for the next two to three years so that we can maybe be competitive then. Uh, but if you look at the history of the league, those teams are never they never get to that point. They never get to that point where they're actually competitive. Maybe you could argue the Jags were pretty close there with that defense, but. Uh, you know, you look back and you see, okay, well, who wins the, the teams with great quarterbacks and great defenses? Those are the, the if you look through the history of time in the NFL, the only two, the only teams that win are those teams. So if you're on a defense that sucks, that doesn't have a quarterback, you're basically just playing for cash, which I think for a long time, these guys were perfectly content with that. But now the money is so good, they would rather play for cash and win. And so I think that for me, at least, it's it's a a matter of how is the NFL going to respond to uh, basically stars saying, hey, if you're not going to put us on a good team, we're just going to we're going to ask to be traded until you do. And is it going to reach a point where they just said, well, holding out is an option, too. I'm just not going to play until you trade me. And I think you're seeing that more often, too. So. I don't know. It's 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 complicated. I'm not sure how they fix it. Um, I'm sure the NFL will come up with something because they seem to be the league that does this. But uh, I, I just think that it's it's hard to argue one side over the other. I think it's just a problem that somehow has to get addressed. And I don't know if there's a really good ethical way to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. I I personally feel like the players have have every right to, to request a trade, um, to be totally honest with you. I, I do. I feel like, you know, we, we're, we're in a free market, you know, all of us kind of get to pick our employer. Um, and, and that being said, you know, there are times when you're drafted by a team and you don't really have a, I mean, you could hold out, I suppose you don't have to sign that contract, but I mean, how it, it will affect you adversely when you're sitting out a year, um, you know, you're, 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 draft stock plummets, your livelihood plummets, your, you know, I mean, you're, you're basically, you know, not going to make any income for a year for the most part in the NFL. And, 
you're going to, you know, go from potentially a first round pick to a much later pick um, after sitting out a year. So it's difficult. There's the, I I mean, you know, it's hard to look at both sides, but I do feel like players have every right to request a trade. Um, I think, I think there is an ethic to it. I think there's a right and a wrong way to do it. There's, um, you know, when you request a trade and you're still playing for your team and you're still, you know, giving a hundred percent and doing what you have to do. Um, you know, I, I think that shows a lot to a prospective team too, that, Hey, this guy didn't quit on, on that team. He just, he wanted out, you know, and, and look, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Look, Doug Marone is, is a guy that wasn't there when Jalen Ramsey, you know, kind of came into the league and now he doesn't get along with him. So, you know, I kind of understand that, you know, sometimes, and, you know, if I come in as a head coach and you're not a system fit guy, you know, I, there's a good chance that I'm, I'm going to get rid of you. So, um, you know, it goes both ways. Uh, I, I don't think it's always the player that gets to choose where they want to go. You know, there's, there's times when the, the club decides they're going to part ways, you know, with, with a player. So, um, I, I think they have every right to, to request that trade. I do think the ethics of it though are, are interesting. I think a lot of teams, you know, the more this happens, I think a lot of these teams are going to start, start monitoring how these players kind of address that you know, um, how they, how they handled it and that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, that's my take on it. Stompy, you, you, uh, you didn't give your, uh, your two cents though. So I'm kind of interested to hear what, uh, what your thought process is. Oh, I, I'm very much on the player side here. I mean, let's be realistic. I don't think that CBA was necessarily fair to the players, um, on the last lockout. And lest we forget the reason that lockout occurred is because the owners pulled out of that CBA. So if they have that option, why don't, why, why is everybody up in arms about players trying to pull out of their contracts? Um, so we, we see, I mean, we, we've seen it in our past where um, workers strike to get better working, um, better working conditions. And, and I know it's, it's a hard, hard connection to make, but what the point still stands is like, like James said, uh, Jalen Ramsey, um, Jalen Ramsey was in the league before Doug Marone was there. And now the, now the working relationship has changed and things change. And when things change and you don't like it, you do something about it and you are absolutely should be able to request trades. Um, so I'm, I'm all about players rights here. I, 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 like like the NBA, the NBA has been able to or has allowed the players to choose um, where they want to go and stuff like that, and and then and then we have to talk about things like the um, the mandatory contracts for rookies and stuff like that, which I think are crazy. Um, so it's just there's a lot of things working against the players, and I think the players are fighting back at this point, and I think they have every right to do so because they are workers in, in, in a job and they should be able to fight for their own benefits. I agree. I mean, I think that to, to me, I think the the NFL is going to find a way to, to limit this, whether that is uh, by including clauses in contracts uh, that protect the team against a player holding out or asking for a trade, whether that be a monetary um, a return of monetary value. I don't know what what the plan is. I mean, if I sign a contract with with you guys right now, um, and it has a monetary value that I'll provide a service, which is technically what they're. I mean, they are 
providing on-field product for uh, money. That is the con- that's what a contract is. Is you do something for money. Uh, I think the NFL could very well uh, express uh, distaste with the fact that that contract is being broken. So who's paying? If you're not, if you choose to not play, you don't get paid. And so I think that that's where it gets tricky because how do you word it? How do you find a way to uh, respect the contract, but also respect these guys' rights to say, you know what? I don't like this contract. This contract is garbage. Um, Get me out of here because I signed up to play to win. Um, And I think that's the thing these contracts aren't written with any clauses in them that say we will be competitive the whole time that you're assigned to us. Uh, the contract says you will play for five years for X amount of dollars. So, um, I think that there is definitely, it's a, it's, it's a tough subject because you're going to have people that say, well, you should honor your contract. You got, you're getting paid to play. Um, and then I think on the opposite side, uh, the players are expecting the team to try to win with them playing. And if they don't feel like the team is trying to win, then they feel like they're the side that they were supposed to get back from the team is not being honored. So, you know, uh, I, I don't blame these guys. They get paid a lot of money. Um, and I think that they, because their careers are so short, they should be trying to maximize the winning. Uh, they're going to get paid a lot of money regardless, especially your superstars. So uh, they have a right to ask to be moved to a team that's trying to win if that's what their values are. If my company is doing something that doesn't jive with my values, I have a right, even though I have a contract with them, to say, hey, look, this is not what I agreed to. Uh, I want out. What is it going to take? And I think that they're going to have to find a way to do that. This really reminds me of, and I don't know if you guys know the history of baseball and free agency, but the Curtis Flood um, versus uh, Kuhn. Uh, I can't remember what Kuhn's first name was, Um, but the commissioner of the MLB. And basically, Curtis Flood had to fight for free agency. Mm -hmm. This was in the 70s, I believe. And this, this just feels like it's coming down to the players fighting for their rights. And this is kind of the Curtis flood episode for the NFL. And I love it. Yeah, that's, that's a really awesome topic. I'm actually glad you brought that up because that's, you know, that's, there's going to be a lot of talk, especially with the CBA two coming up here. Um, And so I think it's going to be important that we address this uh, moving forward, but guys real quick, I do want to get to a couple questions. We had one in the chat here uh, from uh, David 74. First-year dynasty player here, so go easy on me, please. Would you no. trade Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater for a 2021st? Guys, what do you think? Yes, because it's just it's an iffy situation. Um, I doubt you're going to do anything with Brees and Bridgewater. I mean, if they are probably one of your – I mean, Brees is probably your RB1 maybe, maybe your RB2. I, it, honestly, it really depends. If you're in a rebuild, I would. Um, if not, I would be asking for a little bit more. I think you ask for more regardless, uh, but I still probably would be, uh, if they're willing to add anything to it uh, that adds some value to the to the, the first side, I'm probably taking it because, one, I don't trust Breeze to come back. I don't. 
yeah, I think he could. You could argue that. Yeah, he he will come back and play one more year because he's disappointed about how this year went, um, and the fact that he got injured. We don't know how long that injury is going to take. They're saying they're not going to put him on IR. Uh, it's his thumb on his throwing hand. He's going to have major surgery. The surgery, he's going to be immobilized for four weeks. The likelihood that he actually comes back in less than eight weeks is pretty slim. So uh, I'm going to take the first there just because I, I know that I can turn that into a valuable asset. I'm big on the 2020 class right now. I think it's three deep at every major position except for tight end. So uh, you're looking at at least nine guys, probably more. And with all the quarterbacks that have gotten hurt that are a little bit older with your Breeze, with your Ben, you could be looking, you know, obviously Tua is coming into the league. Uh, you, you know, you you could be looking at a pick that has better value than what those two guys uh, carry. I think those 2021st are going to be worth some serious coin. And I think you're going to be able to flip it for a young quarterback uh, depending on where it sits. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would, I would take it just because it's – to me that's – just good value, but I would still be asking for more because that's how you win in trades. You just keep asking for more until they're like, "Dude, I can't give yeah. anything else to you." Uh, you said you're new in Dynasty, so my my trade strategy is always, even if I like the deal, I ask for more until and I I find a piece on their bench. Maybe they have a guy that, uh, you know, maybe they have a guy that has a rookie that hasn't hit yet, or maybe they have a second or third year guy. That's how I ended up with John Ross on a lot of my dynasty rosters. And it's paid off in the last two weeks. I've already paid off, you know, even in just this week, it's paid off to throw him into a deal that people were giving him away. So I think that that could, uh, very well i'd be looking for those kinds of guys that could hit that are still young that could provide value down the road uh more so than just oh just take the pick that's that's my strategy though i don't know how you guys handle that kind of stuff yeah no that's that's interesting i i i think that's really good advice you know always ask for a little more um and see if you can get it the the worst worst case scenario is they say no and you take the original deal um but i you know i don't see a problem in asking for for you know an extra throw-in player especially a guy that uh, that like you said hasn't broken out it's been a couple years you know they, they could be ready to give up on that guy anyway so um yeah i like that i i and this is interesting because you could be come next year, you could be trading away this year, Breeze and Bridgewater. They could both be starting quarterbacks in the week. I mean, it's it's possible Breeze comes back, Bridgewater doesn't resign in New Orleans and ends up starting somewhere, and you traded away two starters for a 2021st. And then Superflex, even a lower end starter like Teddy Bridgewater, which is what I would project him as, has some value, you know. Um, however, you know, how long is Breeze gonna play? Um, how long is Bridgewater going to be able to hold on to a job? I just, I don't know that with those uncertainties, I would, I would hold. So I think I would take the 2021st. I, I like, um, I like what you said though, Ethan, I would definitely try to get some more added to it, but I think ultimately I would take the, I would take the first. Um, so you can do, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Mm -hmm. No, you're the good. Thing you can do is ask who he's dropping. Cause he's going to have to drop somebody off of his roster. I mean, I guess you could stash, Breeze in an IR spot, but he's probably going to have to drop someone to do it. Uh, figure out who he's dropping. If you like those guys, throw them into the deal as well. Um, that's just free value. You know, I mean, uh, again, uh, it, it might not be anybody. You know, he might be throwing away guys that aren't worth anything, but he could be throwing away, you know, a rookie that hasn't broken out yet um, that could provide some value to you down the road. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's another really good strategy when you're doing a two for one. Always, always look at who they're, or, you know, a two for zero in here. Um, always look at who they're, who they're going to be dropping because, you know, they, they're going to, you know, if their roster's maxed, you know, you definitely want to see who they're going to be dropping. And if they're, you know, if one of those guys is, is interesting to you or both, you know, have them throw them in. Why not? Um, we got another question here from Brian Hill, uh, who's in the chat as well. He wants to know John Brown or Carlos Hyde. Um, obviously, we already talked a little bit about John Brown um, earlier at a question, and then Carlos Hyde, uh, Stompy's favorite. So I think I know which way you're going, Stompy, but let's make it official here. For Forever John Brown, forever, never Carlos Hyde. Good God. Never Carlos Hyde. I don't even know who he plays. Never Carlos Hyde. <laughs> yeah, it's a full PPR. That's all I need to know. I'm going with Brown 10 out of 10 times just from a target perspective. You're going to get a floor of five five points plus whatever he gets in yardage. So you're looking at probably a 10-point floor. Uh, I just don't, Hyde's not giving you anything. He, you're not taking advantage of the PPR because Hyde's probably not going to catch a pass. So Remember, yeah. he has Johnson in his team. He's not, he's not in there on third downs. Yeah, Houston also plays on the road against the Chargers, so it's not a, not a great matchup there. Um, we just saw them hold Detroit down um, to, what, 13 points? So um, I think that defense is pretty good, especially at home. I, I wouldn't want to go against them. Um, so that just adds to the John Brown side. I'm, I'm definitely going John Brown here. I, I feel pretty confident in starting John Brown over Carlos Hyde this week. So John Brown it is. Guys, I do have one last question that I want to get to before we kind of just uh, have a free-for-all here. Um, actually, we got a couple. Um, the Kamish Jones uh, on Twitter, at SD Bengals guy, um, got at us and said, uh, look, he lost, he lost Andrew Luck, Big Ben, Andrew Brees, QB heavy scoring. Um, he's a contender. He traded away Juju Smith-Schuster, a 2021st, a 2022nd, and Alexander Madison for Aaron Rodgers and MVS. Contending mm-hmm. team, looking to win now. Did he overpay? Honestly, it depends on if Juju made you a, made him a contending team here. You know, if John Hogue was here, he'd be like, no, because it's Aaron Rodgers. He is the best quarterback in the league. But John Hogue's not. Um, I, I, think, I think really the question is, I, I think he did overpay. But if if losing Juju didn't – like if you had like let's just say – Adams, I don't know, Diggs, Galladay, something like that, and you would just had Juju as like the fourth or as a fourth wide receiver, then it probably doesn't hurt that much. But, yes, I absolutely think you overpaid. Yeah, you definitely overpaid. Uh, I'm so, I'm a big Juju guy. It's not just because I'm a Steelers fan. It's because he's a wide receiver one that's three years three to four years younger than any of the other guys in the top five to six wide receivers in dynasty right now uh adding in the 2021st uh, again if if you don't win the championship which is this is a move that you know if you're contending if you don't win you have sunk long-term value for your team because you overpaid uh, the second, again, you know, if if you have a down year from here on out, you've already lost three quarterbacks. I don't know what the rest of your quarterback situation looks like outside of Rodgers. So I, it's really hard to to judge for sure. Um, I have had contending teams that I'm like, this team is contending. I'm going all in. 
uh, and I've traded away first, and then uh, my team ended up being you know middle of the pack. I made the playoffs, but I didn't end up winning. And then I'm looking at uh, you know I missed out on a guy like Alvin Kamara or you know somebody that could have made my team a contender for the next five years. Uh, because I got too antsy and started trading picks and, and young players for, for what I considered moves to make me a champion. And at this point in the season, you don't even really know if you're a contender or not. Yeah, you might be 2-0, uh, but without the rest of this team, uh, th- just on paper, these this trade looks like a, a total overpay uh, to me. And yeah, I guess you could, you could say that you... you got to have some serious quarterback heavy scoring for, for this to, to even out, to get close for me, just because I I really think that highly of Juju. And I think that the, the picks on top of it, I mean, I I don't know if I would trade Juju in a second for Rogers and MVS, even in a super flex league that is pretty quarterback heavy. I mean, I, I think that's pretty close. So the fact you added the first and Madison, you pretty much have to win this year for this to be a, uh, a dis, uh, decision and a, a trade that I feel like you got value on. So let's just put this in value of picks on the Juju side. So you effectively traded at minimum three firsts and two seconds for Aaron Rodgers and MVS. And MVS at this point, I don't even know if he's worth his second. So yeah, you – you effectively played three firsts and two seconds for Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. in 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 Superflex, absolutely not. Now, now that I put it into that value, I that's you way over. That's not even close to worth it for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You you definitely overpaid. Um, here here's the thing. There's two two points I want to make. First of all, if you trade for Aaron Rodgers and you end up winning the championship this year, it's not going to matter that you overpaid. It just isn't because it's going to be worth it. Um, you know, winning, winning a championship makes it all better. So did you overpay? Yes, but, but you're going to feel like garbage, um, if it doesn't work out, but if it does, you're going to be laughing the entire time. So I wouldn't worry about that too much as long as, you know, you go all the way, you know, um, second thing is, is John Hogue, our, uh, our co-host, our friend, John Hogue talks all the time about how quarterbacks are always cheapest in a startup draft. And this is why, because when you have quarterback injuries, like you do this year, anybody who comes to you and says, Hey, uh, I'm looking at this quarterback. Hey, uh, I'm looking to acquire this quarterback. Guess what? They're paying three firsts, a second or three firsts and two seconds for Aaron Rodgers because there's just, there's no one selling a quarterback for a reasonable price because no one can afford to. Um, so if you have four or five starters, like John Hogue likes to do, you're the one guy that they're going to come to and you're the one guy that they're going to probably overpay because nobody else is going to be willing to to move any of those guys. So um, that's just me. To me, that's that's the, the glaring takeaway here is that while you overpaid, um, you know, it again, you know, make sure when you're in that when you're in that startup draft, man, I, I, I know Stompy, I know you and I disagree a little bit on this. I'm taking quarterbacks early and often. I'm just I'm good at drafting, so I don't really need that help. Oh God, he's good at drafting quarterbacks that never get hurt. Wonderful, Stompy. Wonderful. Okay, well we got we got another one here, Stompy, that you actually put on the show sheet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out here, and I, I'm definitely interested because this one is really intriguing. So the trade here is Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and James Connor for it's actually, is- it's actually Jason Kelsey, J- Jason Kelsey, and Travis Connor. Uh, for- <laughs> 
<laughs> so Travis Kelsey and James Conner for David Ajoku, Curtis Samuel, and two 2021sts. Um, Ethan, I'm gonna start with you, man. Since well, since Sam posted this one, he gets to go last. He can well, evaluate on. it last. Let me let me give you a context though. So okay, please do. Uh, earlier this week, I believe I traded uh, I traded Sam Darnold in a. Sam Darnold for Devonta Freeman in a second. Basically, I had Marlon Mack and Kalen Balaj as my starting running backs. So this was a rebuild. And I have Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson as my top two starters. So I have the two top quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, so I traded for Devonta Freeman in a second for Sam Darnold. And then this was a the culmination of all the activity. So go ahead. Uh to me, it's the Kelsey and Connor side pretty – it's close. I mean, if you break it up, so Najoku, he's hurt. Who knows how long he's – he's not going to provide a lot of value right now. Um, so if you package Najoku and a first, I still don't think that's equivalent to what Kelsey is going to do this year. If you use Samuel and the other first, I still don't think you're going to get what you get with Connor. Uh, this year because you're you're basically waiting you're hoping Curtis Samuel becomes a thing but Cam Newton isn't playing so you got to take that with a grain of salt the firsts aren't going to help you this year um, if you're rebuilding okay I like I like 2020 first we've talked about that already but I still feel like you could get more individually for Kelsey and Connor than than this package I think you could have got the two first plus just for uh, just for Kelsey and then um, depending on the league, I guess. Uh, I always, I hate, I hate questions like this because I never know what you could actually get with those picks. So, um, you know, or what you could actually get when you trade Connor. To me, uh, Kelsey is worth two firsts, and Connor is worth at least a first and a second right now. So, three firsts and a second. So, is the value close? Yeah, it's pretty close. So, I'm going to go with the side with the two studs. Guaranteed. Yeah, I think I'm going to go the opposite side here. I think I'm going to go the opposite side. I I like Travis Kelsey, but I think in Dynasty, um, you got to be in win now mode because I think you know his his best days are kind of behind him. Um, I I expect for him his play to start kind of going down a little bit. He's getting older. He's an aging asset, and so um, if if you're trying to win now, I I definitely like buying Kelsey. Um, however, it's, it's gotta be a championship now. Um, in my opinion, if you're, if you're buying him, um, and, and really to me, the big thing is I don't want anything to do with James Conner. Um, I, I really feel like they have two, two backs behind him that might be just as talented as him. I'm sorry. Kaylin Samuel and Benny Snell, I'm telling you right now. I, I'm Jeez. telling you right now. I, I truly believe Jay that. Um, <laughs> What's that? J Mike in the chat still. He's a, he's, a Benny, he's a Benny Snell fan. Yeah. All right. Good. See, I'm not alone. Um, uh, no, I, I, I really feel like well, that, you're that alone combination right is, is. I can tell you that for sure. Cause you're, I'm not a Benny. Well, Snell that's yeah. I'm, I'm Benny normally Snell. am with all the Steeler fans we have around here. So, but Steeler. that's atrocious. <laughs> well, of course. I, well, I know what side you're on now of this trade. So I, I'm, I'm just saying with getting to 2020 firsts, um, 
for you know Kelsey, I'm I'm fine with that. I think that that would be what I'd move Kelsey for. And getting Najoku and Curtis Samuel for James Conner, I would do. I think Ethan brought up a very good point. David Najoku's not going to give you anything anytime soon. Uh, you know that that hit he took. I mean, his neck did not look good. His wrist is hurt. Um, so so you're probably waiting on him. Um, but I do feel like Curtis Samuel is is a star waiting. You know, in, in the making there. Um, I like Curtis Samuel a lot, and I think that uh, that's a that's a piece that I would be buying. So I'm, I'm going to take that side. And uh, sorry, Stomp, because I think it's pretty clear that you were on the other side here. Well, I mean, I am on that. I would say that regardless of who, who, what side I was on. Snell is not, <laughs> Snell is not a danger to James Conner. Um, maybe not right now, but I think long-term he will be, but that's just me. I would be more worried about Samuels than I would be about. I, I think, even both I think Samuels mm -hmm. isn't doing anything this year. Like he has yet. We thought he was going to be a factor this year. He has not been, he won't. What, what is, how is, how is Connor done? Oh, he hasn't, he hasn't done well at all. That wasn't the point. Well, I mean, if you're going to say Jalen Samuels hasn't factored in, hasn't done anything and James no, no, Connor no. hasn't either. I, I, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to start yelling at the end of this show. So no, I'm um, not going to do this today. No, um, okay. I'm tired. I don't, I don't have time to deal with your, your garbage. Uh, <laughs> It, it's like, like we've spent so much time just crapping on James, and I'm sorry. Oh, it's not. I think no, we no, just he, disagree. No, I'm, I'm Ethan. Don't, don't apologize. I'm used to it. You know? I'm used to it. No, Normally, it's worse with John here. Dare try and make yourself a victim here, James. I you made him the victim because we were bashing him the whole time. <laughs> he deserves it, but he does deserve he it about the Luke Falk thing because that is incorrect. Trolls everything, <laughs> and he deserves it. <laughs> I cannot wait for Mariota to put up thirty points tomorrow, and just I'm gonna be texting you all all night Sunday, like, oh, when's Luke Falk gonna score thirty points, my man? But yes, by so this was a win now move. Obviously, I I already said I have Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson. I needed running backs. I got Devonte Freeman. Now I have Devonte Freeman, Marlon Mack. James Connor and Ito Smith. My wide receivers, I believe, are DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, DD Westbrook. So they're not great, but the stack of Kelsey and Mahomes makes that worthwhile for me. So that's why I made the the play here was to compete now. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, again, you know, I like I said, there we we saw a drastic overpay, which I don't I feel like this this trade was pretty close either way we saw a drastic overpay and i just stated that if you win the championship it doesn't matter so stompy if you go and win the championship i'm gonna look like an idiot and uh that's gonna be a better deal for you so um yeah so what else do we got guys is there anything else that we want to discuss here i don't think so i think we answered everybody's questions i think uh i think we did a good job of making me feel this small so appreciate that um and uh and, and like, i'm never doing the live show with these two yeah again. yeah as as it's soon as soon as we get off of here i'm gonna just start crying everyone else to be like they picked on me so bad um two chubby dudes with their beards and their glasses and their funny hair yeah i got no a beard in the glass glasses too and they didn't even include me in their little their little games little um this is bullshit yeah i'm gonna be like rudolph um all right so anyways guys uh want to thank everybody for listening want to 
So uh, to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast, you could do so uh, by subscribing to us on Podbean, uh, Twi- uh, Podbean, iTunes, um, Stitcher. You can also go to the DLF family of podcasts and you can find us there. Um, and you can find all the other great DynastyLeagueFootball.com podcasts on DLF.com. So make sure to go there. Uh, also make sure that you're following Stompy at FF Stompy. Uh, you're following Ethan at Ethan Turner FF underscore PT and following Turner. myself at underscore James the Brain at E Turner FF underscore PT, right? Yeah, you said right. Ethan. All right. <laughs> Are you done? Are you done? Never done. Done. Any, that's anyway. that's our. That's our any, right. Anyways, make make sure to follow us uh, on Twitter at Superflex Show as well. Also, um, send us your trades. If you have any trades, make sure to send it to us at Superflex Show. We can break down your trades. We can analyze anything that you have as far as questions or anything else. We might even do it on the show. So make sure to tag us in it. And thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, bye. Love you. Love you.